bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! Okay, thanks for joining another episode of the High Sports Podcast. And the the Jazz are starting soon, so we're starting a new weekly episode called Take Note Thursday. Um, and because right now, uh, on Tuesdays, we have Big Blues Day for Utah State. We have Pause Monday on, on Mondays for BYU and Soup Saturday for, for Utah. Um, but yeah, allow me to introduce myself. I'm I'm Daniel Olson. Uh, I, I'm the creator of the, the Hive Sports website and, and podcast, and I want to, first of all, invite you to, if you're not already doing so, to follow us on on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. On on Twitter and Instagram, we're at the Hive Sports, and we're, yeah, we're also on Facebook. And also for this podcast, if you're listening on on Apple Podcasts, if you leave us a five-star rating and review, we'll we'll enter you to win some swag from your favorite team. So if you're listening to this, you might be a jazz fan. So we'll we'll make sure to hook you up with some jazz gear. If you win, we're gonna select some winners soon. But but yeah, we just need more more people to to rate and review us to get um, the podcast out. And today I'm I'm gonna welcome. Uh, a new guest who's going to be helping a lot with our jazz content, Marcos Pickett. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I thought first first of all, we'd just allow you to introduce yourself, just kind of how you how you became a jazz fan, and what you like about the jazz. Yeah, so I'm I'm born and bred uh, here in Utah. Um, what I love about the Jazz, just because um, local team that we can cheer on, um, I love that we're just a small market team, nothing big like the Lakers or nothing big, but I just love that we're just a small market team that we can, we're just scrappy and that we're just hungry to win. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, yeah, sometimes it's hard to be a small market team because it seems like it's hard to win when, when there's people buying out, like building kind of instead of building the team they're buying like super teams out there with like their big threes and everything but um Mm -hmm. i think it's cool how the jazz have tried the jazz have made some splashes in free agency too like maybe not to the level of like landing lebron james but but jazz are doing pretty good there Mm -hmm. and i mean and then once in a while like the spurs are i mean even though they're in texas they're a small market and and once in a while i think the last it seems like the Northwest Division is all full of small market teams because it seems like yeah we don't have anybody in Texas or California but but the last time a team like in our division one I think was like the Sonics in 1979 so so yeah it's definitely tough being a small market but I I think it is possible to win and it, and it seems like the Jazz are are building a, a contender um but yeah the so as far as this season goes it seems like yeah last season ended kind of abruptly like it just seems like yesterday with with how long ago it was um in i think end of august 
when we had that 3-1 lead and, and lost it. And I'm sure it was just as painful for you as it was for me and a lot of Jazz fans. But after after that, and just kind of based on what you've been reading or hearing about this offseason, what are kind of your expectations for the team this season? Yeah, so with the, the re-signing of Conley as well as um, Clarkson, and then bringing back favors. I, I'm really excited for this season. Um, obviously, with having Bogdanovich injured during the playoffs, that kind of hurt us, obviously. But with him coming back healthy um, for the season, and then Mitchell, I mean, uh, excuse me, Clarkson, Conley, and favors, I feel like we're going to be stronger than ever. So I, I have really high expectations. So. Yeah, that, that's good that you say that. Um, there was actually an article today. Um, my colleague, our, our colleague, Jacob Perez, he, he writes a lot of stuff about about the Utah Jazz for us on, on the website. So if anybody's listening, if you want to read about some early predictions, then, then go on there. But um, I don't want to give away exactly what he, he predicted, but he kind of gave his thoughts on kind of where he expects the Jazz to be in a difficult Western Conference, but Marcos, um, in in the Western Conference, like if you had to have your, if you had a crystal ball, uh, uh, like where do, where do you think, like what seed do we end up when this regular season is done? Oh, that's a great question. Um, with all the free agency that's been going on this off season, with the Lakers getting all all the players that they've gotten. And everybody just going which way for free agency. Um, I see the Jazz either a three or a four seed. Um, like I said, with bringing back the players that we did, and then some players coming back from injury, I, I see that we could just be a, a good three, four seed, um, winning our division. So. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't think actually I don't think the Jazz have won the division since that one guy left to Boston. Um, forgot his name but but yeah <laughs> jazz fans yeah we don't mention his name but um but but yeah since then yeah it seems like denver's taking a turn portland had one the year before but but yeah the, but the jazz have been solid like anywhere between like four and six see the last couple of years and donovan's rookie year even even upset the okc thunder so yeah, that that that's good that you mentioned that. Um, a lot of I guess a lot of people are probably predicting the same powerhouses in the West, but but um, if the Jazz are three or four, like who are some of the teams you see that maybe would would be ahead of them? Yeah, so I I see Lakers being number one again. Um, LeBron and AD are just I feel a little too powerful, and then with them picking up Marcus Gasol and Wesley Matthews, that's just and then as well as um, the big man from the Clippers, I feel uh, that's just going to be oh, too much Harold, to handle. Yeah, yeah Montrezl yeah, Harrell. That's just going to yeah. be too much for everybody to handle. So I feel Lakers will take number one. And I feel it, Clippers, I feel even though they struggled towards the end of the playoffs, I feel that this will be a rebound year. So they'll they'll bounce back and be number two. And then number, number three is kind of a question mark. I, I'm, I'm going to put Jazz right there. So Jazz will be number three. Okay. So you're, are you thinking maybe like between Jazz and maybe like the Nuggets or Blazers, like they're going to be kind of duking it out maybe yeah. like it might, might be close. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I see. I see Nuggets probably number four because Nuggets are a strong team. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely strong, and you can never count them out after um, coming back from two three one leads. Like, especially like at first, I felt bad, and I still feel bad about it. But like after seeing them um, beat a star-studded team like the Clippers after being down three one, that that was impressive. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that'll be interesting. And and again, if if anybody wants to see, I mean, I guess I'll give you my take. Like, I don't want to be too much of a homer and predict the Jazz the as the top seed. Um, I think a lot of it depends on the health of the team because um, Bojan Bogdanovic, he he might be a little bit of a a question mark as to when he's ready to go. Because I've at least I've read some things. I don't know if exactly if he'll be ready to start when the season starts. But hopefully, I mean, he's had um, a decent amount of time, and it's good that he got his surgery when he did, because if he had waited till after the bubble, he might miss, like, all of this season. So maybe it was good that, um, that there could be a little bit of growing pains, because I honestly think with Bojan, we probably, or not probably, yeah, we probably definitely would beat the Nuggets, in my opinion, because he's just, would be too much the addition of him that his clutch shooting would like if, if he's shooting that three in game seven like not to diss on Mike Conley but because Mike Conley was close but I I, I wouldn't bet on Bojan to miss a, a clutch three-point shot based on our past experience so mm-hmm. um so if, yeah if he's healthy I I might just kind of lean towards what, what you're saying like I want to be hopeful and predict that hopefully we'll have home court advantage because um, the last couple of years, I don't think we have had home court at all in, in the first round. I guess it didn't matter this last year because we were all in the bubble, but, but yeah, we were six, five, and or yeah, five seeds two years in a row and then six seeds last year. So I'm going to maybe say, I just don't know about the clip, the Clippers. Like, I don't know if they'll take a back seat. I think they'll be, motivated I'm, i might just say one below you and say four but i think it's going to be close like either a game or half game in the standings there's less games this year with i think with covered what what is there like 70 games instead of 82 so yeah something so, along the lines of that so yeah i, I yeah I, i'll probably say um maybe the order a little different like lakers and then nuggets and then clippers and then than jazz for me, but I, but yeah, I think this is the year that we get back to what we're supposed to be doing and and win in the first round and and it would be awesome to try to avoid the Lakers any way possible because I think we're we proved that we're kind of right in the same tier as like the Clippers and Nuggets and the Lakers kind of established themselves as the front runners, but I think we're in that mix where if we can avoid the Lakers in the second round somehow, like we can advance to the Western Conference Finals. And, and I think that with bringing Favors back, it helps Gobert when he goes onto the bench. So Favors can play as that center or power forward so that if we were to go against the, the Lakers, per se, it would be a good matchup with LeBron and AD on the floor. Yeah, that that would be a good matchup. So, yeah, hopefully we can make it a little more of a game because the Lakers um, kind of rolled through and beat everybody. I think it was like an 
five games almost each series, except for mm-hmm. somehow they let they let Miami still still a couple of games and take them to. I think weren't they ahead like three zero or three one and 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 then they yeah Miami took them to game six but 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 yeah I think I think some size would definitely help us against those teams and like favors being a little bit uh, I mean we love him go bare but sometimes it doesn't seem like he's able to um, I mean he's good at interior and he's also good at like the perimeter defense but not I mean it, it seems like it would be hard for him to to take him out on on the perimeter to guard Anthony Davis for a three and then then yeah that that kind of poses some problems but I feel like favors he 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 would be a great backup center I, I almost wish like if he was in his prime I'd say like there could be some situations where he could be start at the four but the only thing is that that makes us great defensively but it makes us pretty um, bad offensively just mm-hmm. from what I remember in the past because. I mean, he kind of has a similar game to Gobert. He he has a little bit more of an, a mid-range shot, but but still doesn't quite space the floor the way Bojan, like a stretch floor like Bojan does. So so I yeah. would love to see how we do. And and speaking of favors, yeah, the free agency and um, the draft has been interesting so far. So kind of want to get your take on on what you've liked so far, what the Jazz have done, and, and what you'd still like to see them do, like kind of as the season is almost about to start, and then maybe before the trade deadline, like what would you, who who would you like to see the Jazz get, and like realistically, how how do we get them? Yeah, so like I like I mentioned, what I what I like that I've seen so far from us is just what what we've brought in free agency, bringing back Conley and Clarkson, and then bringing the return of Favors. Um, but what else I'd like to see in the in this free agency is probably bring like another small forward, somebody to help out um, a Royce O'Neal off the bench, somebody with, with like a, a wing, an, another shooter. So that, that's something that I would like to see. Um, for players, I'm trying to think who, who who's still out there that you, they can think of for for free agency. Mm, that's a good one. I'm <laughs> trying to think of like realistically. I know Drew Holiday was like on my wish list, but that I don't think that worked out. I think he got picked up. Um, but I guess you, you can never say never. There could be like trades throughout the year. Um, but and then tonight, to, I guess as we're recording this, I just found out that Westbrook got traded for John Wall. So yeah, that'll make the Rockets, um, I think, better. <laughs> but um, but I I don't know. I I I think that our our bench last year was a weakness so it would be nice to kind of what i read is like the jazz kind of need a true point guard right because like mike conley um donovan mitchell like jordan clarkson they're all good but they kind of all like to have the ball in their hands conley probably is would be the best distributor of all of them because he's kind of got one year down with the system but but i'd like to see a, a true point guard um and yeah, I don't know if the young guys, like any of the guys we've drafted or anyone, is ready to take that role. It seems like we got rid of a lot of the other young guys that we got in the draft because we're trying to clear cap space for these massive contracts for for Donovan and likely Gobert. We'll see what happens. But but yeah, I'd say my wish list would just be a good, true backup point guard so that um, I think the offense will be 
like the true jazz offense like will be better and and kind of reminds me because Ricky Rubio like some jazz fans hate on him because yeah he airballed and playoffs and stuff but he's had good moments as like the triple double guy or not oh well he, uh, yeah he had a triple double in the playoffs and he led the Suns in assists last year I don't know if we can realistically get him and and I think of for, re, former jazz men returning I think you know, there's no popular more popular pick than favors so um trying to think We'll have, we'll we'll have to do some brainstorming. Maybe in the future podcast we can like scour the league and be like, what what are those? What are some realistic like good backup point guards that we could maybe go after that we could afford? Um, but yeah, um, so I guess I was gonna get your take on on the draft picks um, as a bookie, and then I'm drawing a blank here, but the oh Hughes, I think the guy from Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you like about those picks? Like, do you think those were the right ones, or do you think there's anybody we missed on? And and how do you think they'll be able to contribute this year as, in their rookie years? Yeah. So, um, for Azabuki, he's he's one who I'm I'm super excited to see. Um, he was Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year last year in Kansas. Um, great guy off the boards, big big guy. So he's gonna be. A great backup to Gobert, um, hopefully, um, unless he's called to the, the G League. Um, for Hughes, he I, I haven't seen much of him, but what I've read, he's a great wing, a great scorer. So he'll be a good addition to O'Neal off the bench. Yeah, that that will be good. Because Royce O'Neal, yeah, he's gotten better at scoring, but yeah, he's kind of known as like also a stingy defender. So... I think if um, in, in our system, if, if if in Snyder's system, you have to kind of learn to play defense or, or you kind of don't play. Um, I, I realized that pretty early on with Grayson Allen. Like, he wasn't getting much time because, I mean, yeah, in the NBA, like, but you can be great in college. Like, some, for some of the people, um, I guess one local guy, uh, um, so I'm, I'm really into the Aggies because I went to school there. And Sam, Sam Merrill, like, he, he was really good at offense. And he can play, like, he tries hard to play defense. Like, he's a willing defender. But in the NBA, when you have to guard guys like Kemba Walker or um, Kyrie Irving, like, just, they're, when you're a guard, uh, like, and he's, what, is he a, a, a shooting guard? Or I Yeah, think, I think so. So, yeah, it, um, I, I, I don't know how his athleticism is, but I, Hope it, like if he's gonna get time, I'll have to, I'll have to look more into it and we'll see how he plays. But if he's a good defender, then yeah, maybe he could get some minutes, kind of traded off with Royce O'Neal, maybe be behind him. And and I guess that brings me to another question I thought of, like who do you who do you think the starting five should be for the Jazz this year? Um, that's a, that's a great question. I feel like with the players we brought back and all the many combination we have so many different combinations that we could use um but the one that i think of that we could start with is at point guard conley um shooting guard mitchell um small forward uh, o'neill power forward bogdanovich and then center obviously gobert so that i feel like with and then having favors on the bench that's good backup for gobert so 
Yeah, that, that I guess there's not too many surprises there. The the one that I think is kind of debatable at the at the three spot. You know, I I've seen lineups times because we don't all have the whole starting lineup for all 70 games. So mm-hmm. it seems like based on who's healthy or, or who's playing well, like sometimes Ingles might might take that starting role. But as Ingles gets older, I feel like, I mean, depending on what team you're playing, like there might be situations where, and um, yeah, you kind of just switch and tinker with the matchups throughout the game. But um, but I I agree with your your take. I think that will be the rotation and and it's kind of the Jazz have kind of built this nucleus where not not a lot like like their core guys like Donovan and Rudy have been there for a while playing together and they've had their ups and we saw last year they kind of had their downs a little bit right right when the the break happened with COVID but um but yeah it's it's interesting like I, I love seeing some of these Jasmine or have been around together for a lot and it'll, it'll be it's, it's always kind of sad like um when Favors left um Rubio it was kind of, I was kind of sad because I was starting to be a fan and I bought a jersey and then he left but like I feel like some of the like Favors was one of the last guys on the team that was coached by Jerry Sloan so that was kind of crazy when he he finally left the team because it seemed like the team had the NBA just changes so much over the years, but um, I think a big key for the Jazz. I mean, I don't want to look too much into the future because it, it stresses me out. But <laughs> but it, it would be nice to keep a core uh, of Donovan Mitchell and Gobert, kind of like you know. I, I was thinking I should write an article where we we can draw comparisons to Stockton and Malone. Like they still aren't quite there because yeah, they haven't gotten to the NBA Finals, let alone the Western Conference Finals yet, but but I see potential there. Like Darren Williams and Boozer, they were the last ones that got kind of close, like to the Western Conference Finals. They're kind of carb Warriors, kind of shocking the Mavericks in the first round. But yeah. um, but but I I don't know if you see any similarities, but because I think the games and the personalities are a little bit different between. Mitchell and Gobert and and then Stockton Malone, but but do you think those two can like win or at least compete for a championship the way that Stockton and Malone did, or do you think that that in the future it's, that the Jazz are going to need to make a move and try to find like another guy to to take one of their places? Um, I think if they both stay healthy, help, help, being healthy is obviously the key. Um, but if they progress and if they get better over the years, then I think they'll be get better. But I think down down the road they will need somebody to to help them out. Okay, so uh, kind of like a kind of like in, back in the Jazz day, it was like a Jeff Hornacek, like a kind of a third wheel guy that can that can help them. Yeah, is that exactly. what you're saying? Yeah, like if we look at like the Miami Heat going back to LeBron, Bosh, and Wade, they had the the big three. Um, right now in Golden State, they have um, Draymond, Thompson, and, and Steph Curry. So there's always that, that third guy who's helping out, out the, the other two. Yeah, and sometimes that third guy gets, a, a, for lack of a better word, gets some crap because cause I remember like when LeBron was playing in the Heat, like they were calling it the big two and a half because Bosch kind of 
like like your number like it's hard for all three guys to keep if there are three talented guys it's hard for them to keep the same stats so one of the guys might look like he's struggling um but but yeah i think overall it is important to have a guy like you see kevin love for the Cavs and and so, so yeah i think it's important that the jazz try to find that guy i don't know if they currently have that guy on their team like conley he he kind of looks like his numbers dip so i don't know if that's a matter of just trying to share the ball with the other guys but but to me honestly he should have probably had a i mean he played well in the bubble and gobert is more of a defensive player anyways so i, I would like to see someone like conley or Boyan assert themselves as like a solid scorer behind donovan and then yeah rudy like so I'm a big Donovan Mitchell like super fan. So I don't want to take away from what Rudy's done because I I I'm always really proud of him being the um, former like like he won the Defensive Player of the Year twice and maybe should have won it um, again. Um, I, I but but yeah, there were some deserving candidates there. But um, I, I guess what I'm saying is yeah, I I really hope that they can all work it out. Um, and it seemed like they tried and I think it just depends on kind of the flow of how things go because um last year the Jazz had trials with again with with some of the behind the scenes I don't know like drama a little bit between Donovan and Rudy but maybe some of that might have just been like, like some of that was real like Donovan admitted it but it seems like they worked that out um but I do know that Donovan has, has I've been reading that he's really devastated and obviously because they blew a 3-1 lead, but um, I just hope that he's not too hard on himself because I feel like when he is confident, like there's nobody that can stop him. Like he's, he dropped 50 twice in the playoffs, which is like we haven't seen something like that since like maybe Michael Jordan because <laughs> I think when you look at some of those highest scoring games in the playoffs, I think there was like Donovan and Jordan and maybe like one other guy, but like but yeah, so I would, would definitely want both of them. But if I had to choose one, I'd I'd probably in the minority. But since I'm a big Don Mitchell fan, I'd like to see him stay here. And he's like a really popular. He's just a really good um, advocate for the Jazz. And and Rudy is too. Um, and you can't really just replace a defensive player of the year. Like sometimes people think like, oh, you could get another seven-footer that can be a defend, perimeter defender, but it's not the same as Rudy because, like, I've just seen him, some of his blocks and his the way he stifles, like, and not only that he's seven feet, like, he has a seven-nine wingspan. Um, Azubuki also, but he, Azubuki has a seven-eight wingspan. So, like, you, I, I don't know if we could turn Azubuki into Rudy Gobert, but if we somehow could, then... Then maybe you could shed some Gobert's contract and try to find um, some other pieces with with that money, but 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 that's probably just wishful thinking. Um, yeah. Just kind of brainstorming here, but um, well, I I guess those are most of the questions that I had. I what I like to do at the at the end, what like when we're just introducing someone for the first time on a podcast. I like to let you kind of step on a soapbox and you can talk about whatever you want about the jazz, about any other things going on in the NBA. Like, um, I, I guess before that, 
Um, one thing I, I liked was the, the the Christmas games. Like, I'm really excited just for season to start, and I wish the Jazz had had a Christmas game, but I'm excited to see what the schedule's like. But um, I guess, yeah, so um, what else do you want to talk about in, in regards to the Jazz? Um, so going back to the starting lineup, um, I feel like with having Clarkson coming off the bench, that's going to make him, I think, potential. I think he's going to probably be a finalist for for six men of the year, um, with with Lou Williams and some other some of the other uh, six men. So I'm putting uh, Jordan Clarkson up there as one of the finalists because I think this is going to be a, a breakout season for him coming off the bench because we saw what he he did um, this season as well as in the playoffs. So he's one that he's going to have a great season, um, as well as. Something that I'm going to keep my eye out for this coming season is if Mitchell can continue what he did in the playoffs because we saw what he did with against the Denver Nuggets in those two 50-point games. Um, can he continue that? that that's the, the question I, I want to I want to know. Um, so so yeah, and then going over to the, the Christmas games, it's kind of kind of unfortunate that we that we don't get those. Uh, they always go towards the, the big market teams, the Golden States, the Milwaukee. The, the the Los Angeles Lakers and Clippers, so I just feel like that's just kind of disrespect to us in a way, but I just feel no biggie. It just means that, that we need to just, we just have a little chip on our shoulder in a way. <laughs> but yeah, overall, just, oh, sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. What were you going to say? Overall, just uh, just excited for the, the preseason to start in a couple weeks, to, just to see that's the ball rolling, just to see improvement that we've made just this off season. Yeah, definitely. It'll be fun to see. I think we play the Suns twice and one other team and, and yeah, again I'm excited to see the um the the regular season schedule come out. And mm-hmm. yeah, so, and you mentioned yeah, sixth man of the year. I'm 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 hoping that we can see some other people in line for some awards like Definitely, Rudy and Donovan have been kind of left out of the All-Star game a lot, and it was great great to see him finally get there. But, I mean, we always have, like, a guy who's in the mix, like Rudy for defense player of the year. Um, it'd be nice to see Donovan. Um, eventually, Donovan's got to get on one of the All-NBA teams so that he can um, be eligible for uh, a Supermax extension because he just signed that deal. But I think he has an option and he's eligible to make a, a, a lot more money if he makes one of those top three teams. So between them and, and then Snyder, like I think eventually a Jazz coach has to win Coach of the Year, but it just amazes me that, that Jerry Sons never got that. But, but yeah, um, thank you, Marcos. I appreciate well, the story. What were you going to say? Well, one last question, sorry. Um, do, you, do you believe that we, we saw it in the bubble Obviously, with no fans, but do you think with the uh, the teams going and playing at their their stadiums, their their arenas, do you think that's going to affect them? Whether they have a small amount of fans or no fans at all, do you think that will affect them at all? Like as far as the COVID numbers, or, or, as, far or, or as, as far as their their level of play? Yeah, as far as the the level of play. I know that the Jazz, I heard that we have what, a thousand fans allowed in the lower bowl is what they're aspiring to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so yeah, I don't know that 
um, as far as the level of play, I think um, Jazz fans are louder than any other fans. So, like, I think it'd be kind of unfair to say, okay, this state has low numbers, so they can have a full stadium <laughs> or closer to full. Um, I think the, that the more fans you have, if those fans are as passionate as Jazz, we only need 1,000 fans to make the same amount of noise that that like a a crowd for the like a let's say 8,000 fans for the Clippers would. Mm-hmm. Just uh, I think it just depends. Um, I think that that's one thing that I think is different about right now with with COVID with l- l- less fans. Like when I watch on TV, like I, I feel like the players are still motivated no matter what, but. I'm just kind of going back and looking at old um, highlights. It's it's kind of weird to to think, yeah, how much of an impact fans have on the game for better or for worse. Because we've seen some bad situations where, like, as I pains me to say it, but like some jazz fans have made poor choices that have painted a bad light maybe on our team, and it happens with every team. But for some reason, the jazz just here being here in Utah in a small market, for some reason, yeah, the spotlight, the negative spotlight is kind of on us when something like that happens more so than it is in other places. But, but yeah, I guess to answer your question, I think that, that yeah, for better or worse, like uh, packed arena fans do have an impact on, on the game and on that look of the team. And, and I'm excited to see once the arena is full and, um, our new owner, Ryan Smith, it seems like he's got plenty of money to spend. So I think <laughs> we're going to see some things that will excite us, that will make the team better and make our facilities, which like our arena is already way more enhanced in our kind of professional development. Like 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 we've invested a lot of money in a state-of-the-art program for the Jazz. So, so I think that'll be cool to see um, yeah, how all that comes together. But yeah, Marcos, I, I, I appreciate you coming on and um, I look forward to doing a lot more Take Note Thursdays, at least until I think when, once March is over, once the Aggie season is over, we might go to Tuesdays. But for now, yeah, I look forward to talking about the jazz as the season um, gets awesome. going. Thank, thank you for having me. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.